Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 508. You know, every day we pitch our tents closer to the river is a quote that Ralph Waldo Emerson is famous for. So when you go through your life, try to enjoy every aspect of it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Malcolm Johnson. Malcolm, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am buckled and ready to roll. All right, great. Thanks for being here with me. Malcolm Johnson is the CEO of Brindana International, where they manufacture and sell ColorBond. ColorBond is a revolutionary molecular bonding paint that penetrates deep into the plastic, vinyl, and leather. Available in 178 plus OEM colors, you can easily and quickly restore or change the color of leather, carpet, plastics, or metal in automobiles, trucks, cars, boats, motorcycles for a factory look result. In 2004, ColorBond earned a worldwide performance specifications from Ford Motor Company, and some of their customers include Ford Motor Company, LMC, Corvette America, Classic Industries, Year One and Tier One manufacturers, Johnson Control, and Visteon. Malcolm, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you and your company. Could you take a moment to share a little bit more about your business and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Thank you, Mark. We actually were incorporated in 1996, and I had been in the leather business. And I noted that there was quite a bit of leather that needed to be refinished that they were using really inferior products. Mm. So I started on this project to try to get something that would do a lot better for the industry. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I was in the footwear industry. So uh, in 1996, uh, I started and I incorporated, and that's when we began. Cool. And it was uh, it was a very arduous process, could I I should say, in the very minimum, because there was no money. There, <laughs> banks <laughs> didn't lend money to people who were trying to start their business. Yeah. And my dad loaned me twenty thousand dollars. Cool. And paid him back every cent 
within a year and good a five percent interest. There you go. That's a, that's a way to do. Well, that's a good good way to do it. You know. Yeah, yeah. It was all bootstrap. Yeah, everything was bootstrap. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll let our listeners know that I'm familiar with Color Bond. I I was uh, talking to Malcolm in our pre-show chat probably ten plus years ago. I got some samples of this product and tested it, and I painted my leather dining room chairs and. I think it now was maybe even 15 years ago, and now they need a little touch-up. So uh, Malcolm was nice to send me some paint, and I'm going to do a little project and put it on my social feeds. But I'm really excited. When I used it before, I'll tell you what was cool. It was so easy. It was so fast, and it looked like the leather was brand new when I was done. I mean, it was a really cool product you've created. Well, you know, if you go on the uh, the website now, our latest blog that we have there talking about furniture is – a woman who uh, had taken her her sofa, mm-hmm. and it looked like you know it was right out of the rat's nest, and she restored it. And there are beautiful pictures of that sofa before and after. So it's apropos that we're talking here about you know your seats, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and it goes into uh, furniture, and it's uh, you ought to take a look at those pictures. They're really cool. Absolutely. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about Color Bond and you and everything you're doing. But first, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and success. And it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So Malcolm, take the wheel. That's a that's a great quote that I'm going to give you. And I have used it from and learned it from a fellow by the name of Leo Kagan. Leo Kagan is 100 years old. Wow. And he still works for Colorbond. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's a SEMA Hall of Famer. Uh And he was responsible for moving SEMA from Anaheim to, to Las Vegas. Okay. And so someone suggested that I hire uh, Leo, and I said, well, tell me a little bit about him. And he, and so he says, well, he's 91 years old. <laughs> and, and I said, well, you know, what, 91, do I really need him? Yeah. And is he going to do a job? And the colleague said, well, just call him. Mm-hmm. So I called him. And he answered the phone, Leo Kagan here, how (laughs) can I help you? (laughs) And that's the mantra that we live by here at Colorbond. When you call Colorbond, anybody that answers the phone says, how can I help you? Mm, Yep. And that, to me, is really sort of summarizes how we approach our business. You know, we get calls from consumers and factories and whatsoever, and it's always there, how can I help you? Absolutely. Great mantra, definitely. And the kind of product or the kind of business you're in, rather, where you are helping people, you're helping them restore things, make things look new again. And I'm sure, like any product people have to use, there's questions, there's issues of using the product incorrectly because, uh, we men don't read instructions. As I hold a can of your paint here on the back, I uh, I will say I did read the instructions and wanted to know the right way to prep the product, which you have a great prepping cleaning product that's uh, perfect for making sure you lay the paint down right. But uh, Leo sounds like an awesome guy. Sounds like somebody maybe I need to have as a guest here on Cars. Yeah, with his. I think that would be marvelous for you to do that. Fantastic. I love it. 
Well, let's go back in time a little bit and talk about what instigated your passion for cars. I know you're a bit of a car guy. You, you like cars. So tell us about that pivotal moment as you remember it when you really knew that you were a car guy. You know, it was interesting. You and I were talking earlier about Carmen Guillas mm-hmm. and in high school how you worked on your Carmen Guia. Yep. When I was 14 years old, my dad owned a Carmen Guia. Nice. And we started, uh, you know, refurbishing that. And by the age of 16, I knew how to drop a VW engine <laughs> and take it apart and put it back in. And I had to do that because otherwise I couldn't have driven it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was at that point that I was really proud of myself that I could do that and that it was pretty neat to be able to, you know, work on an engine that, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. Volkswagen gave out all the information and they gave you a booklet and you had to follow the booklet. Mm-hmm. And one thing led to another. After that, I tried a Porsche engine. That didn't work. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was pretty bad. But uh, we kept with VWs and, and Carmen Gears throughout my my uh, teenage years. And then it was sort of a passage of manhood that you knew how to tune a vehicle and, you know, work with a carburetor. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it just carried on from that point on. And my dad was a huge car guy, and he always had great cars. How fun is that? Did you have that uh, great book by John Muir, How to Keep Your Volkswagen Alive, a manual and step-by-step procedures for the complete idiot? Yeah, the, for the complete <laughs> idiot, and that's what we lived by. And it, it got so greasy. I mean, it was just... I still have mine, years. yeah. I still have yours. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Even though my Carmagee is long gone, I've always kind of thought it'd be fun to have one again. Many a day I set out in the driveway with that book open reading it and greasy fingers on the corners and dog-eared corners and things, but it was a great book. And VW is a great way to start for a young man or young woman to learn how to work on cars, definitely. Yep, yep. And we kept ours. Uh, actually, my wife and I, we when we were first married, we had a little VW yellow bug. Mm-hmm. VW engines were at that time were prone for catching on fire. Oh, goodness. <laughs> they, they, I don't know if you remember that, but... Uh, Luckily, mine never did. <laughs> <laughs> well, the engines yeah. always were burning on you, so you had to learn how to work on them. Yeah, I always carried a fire extinguisher, sure, and I remember when I would take the engine out of my car, I'd use a skateboard to drop it down on so I could roll it out from under the car because I didn't have the right equipment to do it with. But whatever works, so. <laughs> well, see, you were so much smarter than I was because I would be underneath of it on a on a piece of, uh, of you know, plywood yeah. and and just let it sort of come down on my chest oh gosh (laughs) yeah that would oh that would hurt no 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 i i used a skateboard and usually a friend so we could kind of balance it yeah you you always had to have a friend there you had to have a friend absolutely great memories so malcolm what i'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and talk about some huge career challenges or even a career failure you talked about bootstrapping color bond and starting with a loan from your dad which you Paid back, of course, which is fantastic. But I'd love to hear a story where you really met up with a challenge. And more importantly, how did you overcome it and what did you learn from it so you could move on? Oh, that's that's a great question and it's a real simple answer. When we were, I guess it was 
around 2002, 2003, um, we were shipping Walmart and Pep Boys. Shipping a lot of paint and really focusing our business on big box business. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that same year, Walmart and Pep Boys dropped us. Oh. And all of a sudden, with the loss of those two accounts, you're talking about 70 to 80% of your revenue. Oh. And that's that's how centric we were and yeah. what we were selling because we thought that the world would continue and we'd only grow with these two companies. But sure. there was a, a big battle going on between the big giants for retail space and Pep Boys and a small company like mine. They said, well, if you'd like to do this, we'd like to continue. And then the parameters were something we couldn't do. Right. And as a consequence we were dropped Mm. and uh, it was a very very difficult time right we had to scramble uh we we just we had to take a look at our at the business model and really reevaluate it and from that point on i determined that the big box model would not work for us Mm -hmm. wouldn't want to go through that again and so we started concentrating and focusing on the smaller people, the repair shop, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we started building our business around that. And it's a lot easier to survive if you have a thousand small guys who are giving you a thousand dollars a year or yeah. something, and then and have them as a loyal customer, than depend upon these big companies that you know at the whim of their their uh, their thoughts they can change on <laughs> or their CFOs who just go ah, we'll pull the plug here here and here yep. it's a it's a great story that goes back to having all your eggs in one basket not the best yeah. idea no and um, yeah I worked uh, for some time with big box stores selling them products and oh it's a painful group to deal with sometimes it sounds wonderful from the outside wow they're gonna buy all this stuff but then all the things that come with it the baggage the expectations and you really have to be a pretty big size company to deal with all their requirements and buybacks and discounting and it seems like they just keep picking and picking and picking at the scab well you know it's it's pretty amazing in my mind that we actually got in there but into walmart but i can recall the time when we got in there we had been selling our products to a company called overton's marine and as I was in there selling the product to the automotive guy, this woman walks by in one of the cubicles there, and she goes, "Are are you are you the owner of that paint that that paint that you're showing there?" <laughs> and, and so the buyer looks at her, and and I said, "Yeah, that's our company." And this woman came in to the buying office there, and she sold it for me. Nice. Yeah. So, so she got her twenty bucks when you left when you walked out the door. Right? Yeah, well, that's what he said to me. Are you sure you didn't pay her to do that? Yeah, but she had redone her her boat. Okay, and yeah. She had. She was just raving about it, and that's how we got in. Nice. Well, nothing better than a, cust- a happy customer, and yep. uh, it goes back to your mantra: How can we help you? 
you help customers uh, succeed and uh, have fun with your product, and uh, the rest is history, as they say. So, wow. Well, it's a great lesson, again, for everybody about diversifying your business, having a lot of uh, income streams coming from different sources versus just a couple big ones because, boy, how many companies have uh, fallen because of that? Uh, it's been a number. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I like to call a, a career aha moment and tell us the steps you took to turn that – aha moment into a success well that aha moment came in 2008 when the basically the automotive industry in the world had a big hiccup in the economy oh gosh yes and all of my customers everybody that i was talking to everybody in the media everybody thought that we were going off the cliff and i was concerned we were going to go off the cliff mm-hmm because, you know, it looked so dire. Yes. And the reality of it was, at that time, my business increased by 20%. Well, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, the economy goes in the dumper. People stop spending money on big-ticket items, but they still need cars to drive. They still need their vehicles, so they want to take care of them. Is that what happened? That's exactly it. People were holding on to their vehicles and they wanted to keep them looking good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always knew that in the back of my head that, you know, that was happening. But until you're really facing down the barrel of the guns, you know, it's a very daunting feeling. Right. And I, I really was concerned that we were going to go out. And lo and behold, we grew. Well, did you change your marketing perspective to focus more on that so that people realized, oh, here's an alternative to not being able to buy a new car. I can make my car look new again. Yeah, we we really uh, went after that and we looked at uh, a way that we could really, you know, increase it, our awareness there. But there, there really, Mark, there really wasn't a lot of areas that we could go into to make ourselves known because our competition was so difficult Mm. and it cost so much money to get the word out there right and it just it's just inertia that was building and building and building and there there is no magical formula uh, for you know making that happen it's just going out and doing it sure well you have a great thing on your website when you log into your website There's a video right there that comes on. You can watch the product, and there's nothing better than going, oh, is that simple? And a lot of people don't think about, you know, think about dyeing leather as this long, arduous process, or even carpet. You have paint for carpeting and floor mats, which is really cool because you think of floor mats as a disposable item, but they really, if you just clean them and respray them, they look brand new. Yeah, and, you know, to your point on how to get the the word out fortunately today you know seo and websites are are just marvelous and it's much easier for a company of our size to be able to get the message out because of seo search engine optimization yes absolutely and and so that has allowed us to do that mm-hmm. and it has increased our visibility dramatically. That and going to shows, SEMA shows and yeah. distributor shows and things of that nature. So, you know, fast forwarding that to 2016, we have a we have a really, really, really great 
SEO program going for our website and it reaches quite a few people. Great. Awesome. I love it. Let's talk a little bit about Prouder's career moments. I would assume you've had many. You've been in business for a long time, different businesses, but you've been around for a long time, especially with Colorbond. But is there one moment that stands out for you as a Proudest? Yeah, it was when we earned our two worldwide performance specifications with Ford Motor Company. Ah, yeah. When I first started on that project, it was my second year in business, 1997, and I was up at Cobo Hall and there was a trade show for interiors for the OEM. And I thought I would go in there and sell Colorbond and really make them stand on their toes and look at me. And, and a company came by at that time by the name of Visteon. And Visteon at that time was owned by Ford Motor Company. I had no idea who Visteon was, but they said, would you like to become... Uh, a vendor to Ford Motor Company, and all of a sudden my eyes popped out, and I said, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That sounds good to me. <laughs> and so they said, well, let us have some of your samples, and they tested them, and then they came back and said, well, we like your your product, and we're going to uh, start working with it to uh, pass our technical specifications. Long and short of it is, through seven years of heartbreak when – the whole team was dispersed when Vistian was sold by Ford. Oh. <laughs> I had to look back and say, well, I can't let all this time and money go to waste. It's, yeah. It would be crazy because, I mean, I was up in, in Detroit basically every two weeks. I'd leave Philadelphia on Sunday, get on Spirit Airlines, fly out of Atlantic City, go to go to uh, an engineer meeting Monday morning at 7 a.m. I don't know how deadly you, you know those things can be but they were <laughs> yeah <laughs> they were pretty pretty crazy and long 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 and that went on and so getting back to when ford sold Visteon, the whole team dispersed and so i had to look again to see where i could go with it and i looked at motorcraft and started working with motorcraft and then I guess it was 2004, 2005, we competed against DuPont and Sherwin-Williams for their interior spray business, and uh, we had to pass these specifications, and we did, and then we became the Motocraft vendor. Nice. And, yeah, and it was, it, it was a whole different paradigm in the business at that point. That's when people started looking at the business as something interesting and technically very very good yeah well congratulations for that those are some big heavy hitters you're going up against most definitely so uh yeah that's great that that all happened fantastic yeah let's have a little bit of fun here and talk about your first really special car going back in time you talked about that carmen Ghia your folks had pulling the engine out and so forth but is there a car that you got that, that was the first one that you really went oh man this is so cool i'm glad i finally got this thing yeah, that was a MGB Roadster. Oh, fun. I had gotten it, I guess it was my second year of college. I was down in Texas, North Texas State University. And a friend of mine sold this MGB Roadster to me. I think it was a 67. And it was so hot. It was yellow and convertible. <laughs> and I can remember driving home to go from Texas in the spring when school's over to go see my parents who lived up in Baltimore, Maryland. 
and I had my dog with me. And I got the top down, and I'm driving through Texas, and spring flowers are everywhere, <laughs> and I am so full of myself, and I'm saying, this is the greatest thing in the world. Cool. Now, 67, <laughs> that was still the chrome-bumpered car? Yeah, that was a chrome-bumpered car. Yeah, yeah, those are cool. My neighbor had one. He'd let me drive it once in a while, and I always thought, man, I really want one of those. And when I turned 16, I told my dad I wanted a buy a, an old MG, and he said, well, do you want to buy a car you're going to be working on all the time or a car you can actually drive? Well, there you go. <laughs> you're absolutely right. The solenoids in those MGBs would always go bad. Yeah. And when you tried to start it, it would never start, so you had to get underneath of it. And I had a hammer just for this. <laughs> to whack it, yeah. To whack it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But it was, I'm telling you what, I thought I was the hottest guy in the world there. Oh, they're, they're beautiful little cars, really fun. There's a local guy here who has one that shoved a, a V8 down into that thing, and it looks completely stock, but, boy, when you start it up and go down the road, it's a whole different beast, so it's uh, pretty wild. Wonderful car. That's cool. Well, how about a car that you let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? Is there one you can think of? Yeah, that was um, – you were – you know, we were talking earlier about my father being a car guy, uh, he had a 1958 Chrysler Imperial. Oh, cool. It was probably 19 feet long. <laughs> yeah. And it had fins that were probably three feet. And I loved that car. As a child, he would take us to Oklahoma where he, where his family lived. He was military. Mm -hmm. And so he'd wake us up early in the morning and he'd have that Cadillac Imperial all decked out in the back with mattresses and and soft pillows and things like that and and we'd wake up my brother and I and my sister and six hours later we were on the road in that big old Chrysler just cruising down the road and remember, you know, going through there were no interstates really at that time. 57, 58 Chrysler Imperial. That's what it was, right? Yeah, that, those cars were pretty cool. They had kind of that, uh, oh, the rear taillights looked kind of like rocket ships. And it had yep. the, uh, the the trunk, I think, had that built-in embedded spare tire hump, if you will. Yep, yeah, it sure did. It yeah, sure did. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they're beautiful cars. I mean, yeah, but long, lots of metal. You don't want to have to wax one of those. <laughs> yeah, and you know, no, you, uh, I did that quite a bit, I can assure you, though. Very cool. Well, let's talk about today and the future for Colorbond and what you're doing. What are you guys working on there that really has you excited and fired up? Well, there are a couple things. Primarily, our export business. We're really pushing hard on it. It may be sort of the wrong time because the you know the currency valuation of the dollar is higher now. Sure. But uh, we'll be going down to Australia with the SEMA Group for uh, uh, a show down there. And looking forward to that, and I know that it, it's going to be successful for us because we have every day on our website people from Australia trying to contact us and find out if they can get some color bond. Yeah. So that's a that's a pretty big thing, and then we're working on some fairly large private labels for some very big hitters in the uh, in the aftermarket business. That should they come to fruition, we'll be we'll be very pleased. Very, very pleased. Very cool. Well, congratulations for those. Fantastic. And uh wish you the best of success. All people have to do is try this product and they're sold, I guarantee you, because uh, I know I certainly was. And I can't wait to uh, spend a little time 
uh, making my wife happy, making her dining room chairs look a little better. <laughs> well, well, in your spare time, then why don't you come and work with us and sell for us? There you go. There you go. Yeah, my spare time. Yeah, here my my uh, one-legged paper hanger uh, podcast called Cars. Yeah, so <laughs> I think we could have some fun together, Malcolm, for sure. Uh, I think so. I think so. Here's a very introspective question for you. If Malcolm was a car, what kind of car would he be? And more importantly, Why? I would be a 1967 Slant 6 Dodge pickup truck. Oh, goodness. Okay, that's very specific. (laughs) And the reason why I would be that is my brother and I, when we were younger, were working construction and we were building a house together. This is up in Martha's Vineyard. Mm -hmm. And back then, uh, land was fairly inexpensive and we'd purchased some land and started building the house together. But we needed a pickup truck. And the pickup truck that we bought was a old fishmonger's pickup truck. And he had cut off the sides to it and made it like a panel truck. (laughs) Cool. And it was rusty uh, because of all the fish guts. (laughs) But we used that uh, 67 pickup truck for everything. And Mm -hmm. It kept on going and going and going and going. And the only reason why we had to get rid of it was the body completely rusted out on it. Gosh. So (laughs) it's to the point of, you know, you keep doing it and you keep going and you keep after it. And that's sort of me in a nutshell. And that's my 1967 (laughs) <laughs> well, hopefully you're not so rested that you're about to fall apart. I think you still got some miles left on you, Malcolm. Uh, yeah, thank you. I, I hope I do. I hope I do. I think so. I think so. Well, great answer. I love that. I love it when people answer in that way as well. So, Malcolm, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit, with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life car covers front end masks dash covers seat covers floor mats and much much more covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle covercraft is the right choice i use them on all my vehicles and your special vehicles will love them too learn more today at covercraft.com and you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, Cars Yeah. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. 
Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Malcolm, we're back, and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Ready. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Don't go to Ford Motor Company and try to sell them business if you're young and stupid like myself when I went after my two worldwide performance specifications. <laughs> well, that's a very specific <laughs> automotive advice. I'll make sure I take your advice on that. Yeah, I think there's a little more behind that story as you shared before, but uh, does it have to do with tackling a big monster? Yes, yeah. absolutely. I mean, when I'm young, when I was younger, I could do anything. And had I understood the rush more that I was trying to tackle, I would have never done it. Well, you know, and I'll, I'll tell a little side story here is uh, I'm always looking for interesting and inspiring people to have as guests here on Cars Yeah. And I've noticed that when I go after people that work within these big industries, big companies, oh my goodness, the bureaucracy channels you have to go through to get a yes from anybody so that yeah. somebody can speak is a real, real real challenge and even a company most recently are trying to get a guest on from bugatti and just the bureaucracy and the channels to go through it's just uh, you pound your head on the desk so i understand what you're saying how about a personal habit is there a personal habit that you believe has helped you uh have a success over the years yeah um i don't when when there's a big issue on the table and there's an email or there's a decision that comes in and Everybody says, well, we've got to get a decision made on this. I don't do that. I let it sit. Mm-hmm. I let it percolate. I think about it and try to find different angles and options mm. to the answer. And there are always, in business, in my mind, there's always an answer. You may not like the answer or it may be difficult to achieve the solution, mm-hmm. but there's always an answer. Yeah, yeah, thinking it through. So you're not a knee-jerk kind of guy. No, not at all. <laughs> there you go. Now, how about a resource? I know there's lots of great resources out there. We talked about uh, the web and what it offers us today. But is there one that you really enjoy, you think our Cars Yeah listeners would enjoy as well? Well, I like to think about my customers, LMC and the, and Corvette America. The, the guys at LMC, Scott Barrett, Mark Eversole, and Jeff Pembleton, or like at Corvette America, Chris Fink. These guys in these companies know their business so well mm-hmm. and it's it's just a pleasure to work with them and i think it's reflected in their businesses that they are part of mm. yeah so that's how i feel great advice yeah you know it always comes back to the people that's most definitely the answer that i hear a lot here on cars yeah now how about a book is there a book you've read recently you think our listeners would really enjoy reading as well well, I, I, there's two that I would point out. The one I, I have on my desk now is A Dangerous Master. Oh, And okay. that's by a, a guy by the name of Wendell Walsh. And what he discusses is, you know, technology and how we introduce it into society is uh, we've got to be thinking about it a little more because there's so much technology that just comes right out into the public and is released and we really don't have much thought about it mm-hmm. and that can be detrimental 
And what needs to be done is to think a little bit more about what we're doing and going with it. Yeah, okay. And, and the, the book that rings my heart is a book called Desert Solitude by Ed Abbey. And Ed Abbey uh, is a great environmentalist and one of my favorite people to read. Cool. Well, those are two books that have not been recommended to our listeners here, so I'm excited to have two new books on the list. And I'll remind our listeners you can find all these great resources on Malcolm's show notes page at carsyad.com slash Malcolm Johnson, or just put Malcolm in the search bar and that'll pop up. And there's another great place called Guest Recommended Books, where these books and all the past 507 other guests here in Cars yeah books are listed for quick, easy links to buy. Cool. I'll have to check those out. So Malcolm, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost because today I'll buy you whatever car you'd like. What would that vehicle be, and more importantly, why? Uh, it's an Aston Martin DB5. Ooh. And one of my favorite vehicles because of James Bond. Oh, yeah. Because when you grew up, James Bond was your template for how to be a man. <laughs> the cool guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he drove an Aston Martin. Yes. And, you know, 282 horsepower and four-liter engine, three carbs. I mean, that was a car for the ages. And going forward, you know, I love Aston Martins. And, you know, I I would get a DB5 immediately. Uh, you know, they're beautiful cars. Ian Fleming set the bar awfully high for all of us young men uh, when he came out with that, that James Bond character. But, uh, yeah, beautiful car. You know, the, the one I really love as well, probably equally as well, is the Aston Martin DB4 Zagato bodied car, uh, which is just a beautiful car. But, uh, yeah, the DB5, the Aston Martin with the machine guns and the, the shield in the back and the ejection seat. So when that co-pilot talks too much, you can just say bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll get to work on that. I remember seeing one of the original cars used in the movies on the lawn at Pebble Beach years ago, and the gentleman that brought it was sitting there with the phone in his hand, the old-fashioned phone with the cord attached, you know, so very, very cool. Love it. And would you like yours in silver like uh, Mr. Bond's? Absolutely. I mean, cool. why not? Yeah. Silver yeah. silver is what you need. There you go. When you pull up, you can say uh, the valet and say, may I park your car, sir, and what's your name? You can say Johnson. No, I'd say Bond. Yeah. Oh, Bond. Malcolm, okay. Malcolm Bond Johnson. <laughs> They're Malcolm Bond Johnson. I love it. Well, Malcolm, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and the Car Show listeners. Would you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off in the sunset in that Aston Martin DB5? You know, every day we pitch our tents closer to the river is a quote that Ralph Waldo Emerson is famous for, mm -hmm. and... So when you go through your life, uh, try to enjoy every aspect of it. Yes. And because it does come to an end at some point and you want to end your life thinking you did some good things. Absolutely. None of us are going to get out of this alive. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have to keep paying our taxes. Yeah, yeah, that too. Our heirs will for sure. Well, great advice. Ralph Aldo Emerson, great person, great author. So fantastic. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Colorbond? Well, you can go to our website, colorbondpaint.com. 
and you can look at everything there. You could call us on our toll-free number, 877-882-6567, and either Wendy or Lisa or myself will answer the phone and help you with any of your questions. How can we help you? And I'll tell you, listeners, they will be able to help you. And watch the uh, Cars Yeah social feed Facebook page, uh, my personal Facebook page, for uh, a little uh, show I'll put on there of how these products work um, since I've used them before. I'm very excited to use them again and want to thank you for uh, uh, your time today. And listeners, again, you can find links to everything Malcolm has shared with us at CarsYad.com. Just type Malcolm in the search bar and that page will pop up. Malcolm, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the listeners and with me. It's been great fun. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!